The following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Buona Pasqua, Michael. <coughs> Happy Easter. It's Easter morning. A beast. A beast, as uh, my Italian brethren might say in English. You taught me how to say that. A beast. On a previous episode. Yes, I did. Last year. Uh, because, hey, we've been going for a year because we're just that good. <laughs> <coughs> happy Zombie Jesus Day, everybody. Yeah. If you celebrate, if you don't, happy Sunday. Back well, to work tomorrow. I mean, we're recording this on Easter. You're not listening to this on Easter, but happy Easter anyway. Happy late Easter. <laughs> like by a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, kid. It's all good. It's all good, man. The sentiment's the same. <laughs> it's all good in Jesus's hood. Oh, okay. It's too early for that. Definitely cut that. I don't think you'd be mocking that. the Lord on his most prominent day, not except my, for Christmas. Not my Lord. <clears throat> Which, as we all know, he wasn't born on Christmas, but hey, it's whatever. I mean, not even close. Not even close to Christmas. <laughs> He's also not white. Anyway, how was your week? Oh, stupendous. Good. And spectacular. Okay. Yeah. Anything Shit. Forgot to turn off the heat. Wow. <laughs> Look who fucked something up. I turned oh, Okay, everybody. Michael's getting up to turn off the heat because he doesn't check his list of tasks off, apparently, in the morning. Let's see. Got up. Got me coffee <laughs> and a breakfast sandwich. Came back. Set up all the equipment and didn't turn the heat off. Oh, my God. My, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, my Fed the dog. Took the dog <laughs> took out the twice. <laughs> While I was in bed sending you copious <laughs> copious memes and gifts on uh the old Instagram. Yep. I yeah. was just trying to read a book out here waiting for her <laughs> to wake up and you know. Yeah. Mind my own business. Yeah. Well you should have turned the heat off, but I should have turned the heat off. I should have I should have better known better. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, yeah. Mike. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. No Monday morning quarterbacking. <laughs> Any other stupid fucking phrases we could throw out? Well, I do have glasses, so my twenty twenty is not great. Four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's mm-hmm. been uh it's been a little while since our previous recording. Yeah. Any updates on uh cases anything that we watched so many updates so many things um they all escape me at the moment no we watched the um we watched so much stuff it's been like it's been a little while it's been a while yeah Yeah. um we watched the brooke shields documentary on hulu pretty baby brooke shields which uh is so weird for me because i as you all know michael (laughs) you weren't born michael (laughs) I was, and um, when I was younger, I had really bushy, curly brown hair. I had really thick eyebrows. I had big, light eyes, and people used to come up to me all the time and say, you look just like Brooke Shields, and I remember, like, hating it. Mm. I didn't like it at all when people would say that. I didn't really know why I didn't like it, because I I thought she was gorgeous and stuff, like, as a little girl, and I was like, oh my god, she's but for some reason, it made me feel weird. Yeah. And then when you start to filter in, oh, there's like very sexually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say suggestive. It's I mean, it's a little explicit. more. Yeah, more than suggestive yeah. ads and movies that she was in. And back then when there were no ratings and you just watched whatever the fuck. Yeah. So. Well, there were only four things to watch. And yeah. That was one of them. Yeah. Like Blue Lagoon. I watched that like a hundred times. He, and like I loved her so much, I like kind of wanted to be her. But when people would compare me to her, it would like freak me yeah. out. 
and I didn't like it. But I'm I didn't now, understand why I didn't like it, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's one of those intrinsic things. Yeah. You're like, mm. It's, Something it's weird the vibe. about yeah. I don't like the How vibe. How you can just tell there's certain people you shouldn't yeah, be around. Yeah, I don't like. I didn't want grown men coming up to me and being like, "Aren't you so pretty? You look yeah. just like Brooke Shields." And I was like, Ew, "Get the fuck away!" <laughs> like any and every like in my interviewer head. that ever interviewed yeah, her. Yeah, man. Like I felt so bad for her. Like yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I mean, it was a good documentary. Yeah, it's it's not it's strictly disturbing. in true crime because she doesn't disclose any right. anything specific or anything like that. So we won't make. Well, it she doesn't official. like name names yeah. of people who perpetrated crime against yeah, her. Right. But, um, she does describe the one. Yeah, um, she kind of describes it, but she doesn't say who it is. Right. Um, and I, I, a could be anybody. Yeah, right. Could be any of those it, directors it, slash producers yeah, in Hollywood. So right. I mean, take your pick. Yeah, it's not. Uh, we're not spoiled for suspects, right? Right. <laughs> um, but we won't make it an official recommends because it's not strictly in it's that. It's not strictly true crime. But but just watch it. It is. It is an interesting uh, sociological piece, historical piece, yeah. and just it again gives you a, a level of empathy for women and and girls and just the way society is the 70s and the 80s were so weird with kids man like it's you look back now and you go oh my god how did we ever make it out well not you but (laughs) how did i ever make it out alive why do i exist when (laughs) i came from by all by all accounts i should be dead probably at this point in my life i would have never made it this far i don't know how the hell i fucking squeaked by but i mean you got pretty lucky with the hitchhiking in a foreign country Situation. I really did, but I I definitely found myself in situations like as a child with yeah. grown men that were yeah wildly inappropriate, and somehow still I'm still standing here. So I yeah. guess you're a fighter. I guess yeah. I don't know, man. What else did we watch? Oh we watched the uh, this is an older one. Maybe we will make it a recommends, but it's been it's been a couple years for it. But the uh, the documentary about Onision. Oh. God, I had just scrubbed it from my brain, <laughs> and now you're bringing it up. Well, I mean, this, oh, this was I this was so one much. you picked, so <laughs> it's only in my brain because I of know. You, okay, so. yes, but ugh, like yeah. just ugh, just the minute I saw this kid's stupid, dumb fucking face, I was like, oh, here we fucking go. Yeah, and there we went, and and it, so it went. Yeah, as it unfolded, oh. it it, uh, it was. Similar to the reaction I've had for like the Jared Fogel thing, yeah, the Hugh Hefner thing, yeah, the Hunter Moore, yeah, it's none of it is uh surprising, no, it's still just shocking, right? Right, <laughs> I texted like, you and yeah. said, Have you seen this? You said, yeah, no. no, I said, You need to watch it, I'm watching it now, and I'm fuming. And I literally said, And you're like, What's it about? and I was like, You know what, I'll tell you this. <laughs> As soon as you see his face come on the screen, yep. you're immediately going to have all the information you need. You're yes. going to know what type of piece of shit <laughs> this kid is just by his face. And then you put it on. Yep. And then you texted me and you went, oh, yeah, this got- fucking guy. I already hate him. Like It was like three seconds into the documentary. Yeah, it was yeah. It was like 40, literally 45, 45 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Um, and you were already texting me like, yeah. nope, I yeah. already hate him. No. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, it gets better. 
I think, slash I think in the worse. first four minutes, I had bombarded you with so many texts <laughs> that I, I eventually said, okay, I'm going to control myself yeah. from here on out, but this is the last thing. This and, is the last thing, and then, and then it I wasn't was the last one thing. Or two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One or two more after I was that, like, but. oh, wait, this, that's just like the first episode. There's like four of them <laughs> yeah. or something, and it was just so bad. It is a, uh, a Chris Hansen joint as well, oh. so any... Uh, to catch a predator. Shout out to Julia Davis tattoo. Yeah. Chris Hansen's biggest fan. Yes, indeed. In <laughs> fact, I was getting a tattoo a mere few days ago. Yeah. And uh, from he, said tattoo. Yeah, from the the internationally renowned uh, tattoo extraordinaire. But she is uh, she's a big fan. She loves Chris Hansen. Big fan. Oh my God, she loves him. When he loses it, she's, oh, yeah. she's like, and he was yelling. He usually stays calm. Yeah. Like, there was one episode he was yelling at the guy because the guy came in and grabbed the decoy's butt. Yeah, actually made contact. Actually which, made physical contact yeah. with the decoy, and Chris Hansen lost his shit. Oh, and Julia time. was like, it was so great. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah, she loves him. He's out there doing work. Hey, man. I wish you would hire me. I'd like to <laughs> nail these little pigs to the wall, too. Put them on the wall under his eye. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Good for the goose, good for the gander, right? Mm. May the Lord open. Uh, not, not today. <laughs> okay. Not today. Okay. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. this week, back to normal. Okay. We I'm had our gonna... fun last week. We yeah. had our little funny episode last week where we didn't yeah. do any work and we just celebrated ourselves, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I did no work for that yeah. episode. Um, but I've... Uh, I did I've... my usual level of work, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is none at all. I've uh, come across a story I'm a little nervous about telling because there's Mm-mm. like two uh, Welsh pronunciations in it. Oh, you'll be fine. Those you always nail always... the pronunciations. <laughs> you always get so like worked up and then you nail them and I'm like, okay, fancy pants. <laughs> Those are always interesting. But uh, this wasn't intentional, but it does have a couple echoes mm-hmm. of a, a more recent case Okay, uh, that I'll be interested to see if as I tell this story if I recognize it if you okay. if you make the same leap I did it's not okay. like one to one where you can be like oh that's just like just like that okay but just the way certain <laughs> things unfolded I'd be curious to see if you had the same thought as I did seeing as oftentimes we are the same person we are the same person. <laughs> okay this is the story of Major Herbert Rouse Armstrong Armstrong was born I think it's pronounced Air Bear <laughs> But we were watching a documentary and there was a no No we were, we were not watching No we weren't we, Don't, <laughs> okay, don't go highfalutin here. Okay. We were not I was watching putting a on documentary. Airs. I was putting on airs. Yeah. Okay, it's your <laughs> Okay, it's technically a documentary. Sure. Because it's a reality show. Okay. And <laughs> we were watching Love is Blind. Love is blind. Yes, Joan, it was Love is Blind. <laughs> so Michael loves it. As you well know, Joni. Yes. And um, <clears throat> they go with like the, the couples go and meet like the families. And there's a couple, Tiffany and Brett, my fave couple. <laughs> if you guys are ever listening. They're the they're the Lauren and Cameron of this season. Yeah. Anyway, um, they go to meet Brett's dad and his name is Herbert. And <clears throat> I loved him so much. I wanted him to be my dad-in-law yeah. or just my dad. Yeah. Because my dad's fucking a shit. <laughs> um. And his name was Herbert, and I, and then I looked at Michael because I was baked, and I said, "I believe it's pronounced Herbert." <coughs> and so that's just a little private joke that you guys would not have gotten if yeah. we didn't explain it. And now you know. And now you know. And, and knowing's half, half the, the battle. battle. <laughs> there you go. Okay. 
Cab Sav. Anyway, Armstrong was born on May 13th, 1869. Oh, my God. To a family in Devon, England. He attended St. Catherine's College in Cambridge and achieved his law degree. He qualified as a solicitor in February of 1885, but kept on with his studies at St. Catherine's. In 1901, he gained the postnomials M.A., from his studies there, but okay. it is only an academic rank indicating seniority and not an additional postgraduate qualification. So it's not masters of assholishness or something. No, it is uh, <laughs> of arts, but it doesn't, it just says this guy's been hanging around here for seven years. It takes seven years to get that at the time at this school. So he just, he just wasn't a great student. <laughs> uh, He's the guy who's 23 in the 12th grade. Yeah. Still hanging around with like seven years yeah, of college. Failing so he can hang drain. out with like young kids. Yeah. Um, so that was just an interesting thing. There's nothing to do there with There was kids, a dude. Though. In fact, oh my God, should I even say this? <laughs> Let's say we called him Tiny. Okay. And it was ironic. <laughs> um, and he was like, I was 17 when I graduated because the way my birthday falls. So right. I was like younger than other people. Some people were 18, some people were 19, depending on their birthday. He was Same like, thing with my sister. he was, was like 17. 22. He was like a girl. He had like a full beard. He had a full beard. He had a full time job. Oh, <laughs> he was he, supporting three kids. I want to say, was his name Phil? But we called him Tiny. He was a large. He was an adult man. He was an adult. He was robust. Yeah, let's put it that way. Cherubesque. Uh, okay. And uh, he was like twenty two. He was like twenty two. Anyway. Armstrong started practicing law in Liverpool, but eventually <laughs> applied for a vacancy in the town of Hay in 1906. Hay. Hay on Wye is in Wales, but Armstrong and his family, which included his wife Catherine Kitty, Mary Friend, whom he married in 1907, mm-hmm. two daughters, Eleanor and Margaret, and a son, Pearson. These names. I love them. Yeah, this was the turn of the century, 1900s, yeah. and it's right on track for those names to come back. Um, we were born in the 1900s, Michael. It's true. For all of our young listeners. <laughs> Do uh, we have any young listeners? I don't no. think so. <laughs> uh, so their son was named Pearson, and they all lived in the village of Kusop, which is in England. Uh, there, Armstrong moved his family into a large house called Mayfield. No. We've talked about no. houses with names. It's no, no. good. No. It's no good. <laughs> it's not going to be like, what's his name? Who? <laughs> Put his family in the, they took him to the ballroom mm. and had the fucking Sistine Chapel window in his house. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. That is only is that one. John Li- is that, jo- is that John, John List? List? Yes. Okay. That is. Uh, That's my first guess, Michael. That was the first thing that crossed my mind Oh, with, with the name as well, but that is not the That's only not the- case oh. that involves a property with a name. Okay. That we would uh, would have talked about, and there's more details later on that coalesce it into this other one as well. Okay. So, so okay. far, we're so on far, the right. So, okay, yeah. good. In both communities, so in England and in Wales, mm-hmm. Armstrong was considered a hardworking man and became a noted member of the community. He was appointed, quote, clerk to the justices, which is an official to the magistrate's court in England and Wales, whose primary role is to provide legal advice to justices of the peace. So he's the one looking up statutes and... He's the paralegal, basically. Yeah. Um, Different from a comptroller, Michael. He, yes. <laughs> and he joined the volunteer force and rose to the rank of captain. So he was, you know, weekend warrior kind of okay. thing. 
World War I was looming, and Armstrong was called up in 1914 and served in France from May to October 1918. During his service, he was promoted to Major and was typically referred to as Major Armstrong for most of the rest of his life. Okay. Is that like I Dream a Genie? (laughs) The Major. Major. It wasn't long after Armstrong returned from the war that Kitty's health began to deteriorate. Oh no, Kitty Cat. The town physician, Dr. Thomas Hinks, (laughs) H-I-N-K-S, I-N-C-K-S. Okay. Diagnosed Kitty with brachial neuritis. And neuritis is just inflammation. Uh, after the diagnosis, he, she seemed to recover. And for the next year, Dr. Hanks didn't pay another visit to Mayfield. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, okay. I have an idea in my head. Okay, okay, okay. I won't say it yet. Oh, should I say it? Mm. Should Shout out your answers. Is it the Dolly? Is it like Dolly? Like her husband brings in like uh, the sewing machine no. sales. I mean fixer. No. Fixer upper boy. <laughs> no. The fixer upper boy. I can see where that phrasing may have <laughs> yeah. led you down that okay, path. Okay, you bamboozled me. Yeah, okay. I bamboozled you. All right. Uh, but in August 1920, Kitty's physical and mental well-being all but collapsed. Oh, no. Armstrong called Hinks back and kept in close contact, providing updates and inquiring about treatments. Armstrong talked about his wife's condition with his friends and relatives as well. At the end of that month, Kitty was admitted to Barnwood, a private mental asylum near Gloucester. Her admitting symptoms were pyrexia, fancy word for fever, mm-hmm. vomiting, heart murmurs, and albumin in the urine. Albumin's protein string, and it shouldn't be there. Right. Her hands and feet were slowly becoming partially paralyzed. Oh, she's getting poisoned, Michael, which is generally... A woman's... And she was rapidly losing muscle tone. That's the way women kill people. Hmm. Kitty was also experiencing delusions, Hmm. which is what landed her in Barnwood. It took months, but Kitty's condition began to approve during her admission at Barnwood. Okay. She was discharged on January... Because she wasn't being poisoned, right? (laughs) It's very good. Very very good (laughs) uh, supposition. She was discharged on January 22nd, 1921, but exactly one month later. Uh, uh, it's uh, not funny. I don't know. Kitty would die at me. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say she's not feeling sick again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. Okay. So February 22nd, 1921. Well, that sounds very familiar. Whose uh, birthday is 222? George Washington. <sighs> the constellation of symptoms did give Dr. Hanks pause, but he nevertheless listed Kitty's cause of death as gastritis. Aggravated by heart disease and nephritis, well, which is kidney disease. You're wrong, sir. She was poisoned. Uh, all through his wife's illness, Armstrong showed nothing but concern, <laughs> sitting up and reading to her at night and leaving his office early as often as he could to be with her. As you might have guessed, mm-hmm. based on the fact that I'm telling you this story, that the marriage of Major Herbert and Catherine wasn't a storybook affair. Well, no. The exact details of their marital problems isn't known with 100% certainty, but authors who have written about the case point to the domineering attitude of Kitty and have described her as, quote, a singularly unpleasant woman who regularly abused and humiliated her husband in public. She's a mouthy broad. Yeah, and that don't fly in in the (laughs) the 1920s. They went to meatball mics. And she berated him by talking about her prior lover. And um, then she got fucking poisoned, you know? One corroborating fact of this assessment is that... She was a mouthy broad. 
even though the newspapers described her as a quote popular hay lady <laughs> okay i mean the town was yeah, right about. right only a few people actually attended her funeral oh no that's mean yeah however confusingly a few people just a couple her husband yeah the his kids. mom probably not she probably hated her yeah and their kids yeah and the pastor yeah <laughs> like that's and the undertaker it was literally like okay just that even though she was the wife of a very prominent right. figure in town and people want to you know pay lip service and all right, that whatever right. um however confusingly whenever separated from her husband either due to her stays in hospitals or his service in the war <laughs> she seems to have expressed her desire for the family to be reunited like as soon as possible she's like i can't wait for him to be back or i can't wait to get out of here yeah. and be all together again. she doesn't know that they're the ones poisoning <laughs> <Yeah>. her <laughs> It was during World War One that things seemed to change for mm-hmm. the Major. He carried on several affairs. Major changes for Major Anderson. Is his name Anderson? Armstrong. Armstrong. It was Close an enough. A. Yeah. Whatever. They're all the same. <laughs> They're very interchangeable. He carried on several affairs. <laughs> he went to dances in Hay and made repeated passes at local girls. Uh, on pardon the, me, sir. <laughs> on the day of his wife's death. No. The servants no. closed all the curtains at Mayfield as a mark of respect. Right. The first thing that he did. No, he, he didn't home come home and throw was... open the shutters on the shades. Yes, that's come exactly on. what he did. What is it, the night before Christmas? <laughs> and all through the house? What is happening? What day is this? He tore open the shutters and threw up the sash, Michael. He didn't seem all that broken up. It doesn't seem like it, no. That might have been the end of it. The death was suspicious to some, but in 1921, it was exceptionally difficult to carry any of those suspicions through to Did find any Did he sell conclusions. all of her things off immediately, like Tex MacGyver? <laughs> nope. Unf- MacIver, uh, not MacGyver. MacGyver. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, the major had one rival in Hay, <laughs> the only other solicitor in the town, <laughs> a man called Oswald Martin. Oh, Jesus Christ. They were representing opposing parties in a property sale. Yeah. Okay, here's the big... Is this? Is it going to be the Murdaws? Is it the Murdogs? Is it? Is it Alec Murdoch? Yep. Oh, uh, I said that just like him, too. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold on for a second. <laughs> I had to throw up. I had to throw up that... I had to get that out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> I texted you. That's I text- what she said. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I texted you the other day. I was in a parking lot. And I saw someone walk out of a store. <laughs> yeah. And I had to text you. The person who just walked out of the store looks exactly like Alex Murdoch. And I was like, Ew. I'll be, let me know when he leaves <laughs> and then I'll come out. Gross. Yeah. Uh, so the Vellenwide estate. Oh. Okay. Which had the sale gone through it could have resulted in armstrong client losing and armstrong having to pay a large sum to <laughs> martin's client again the exact nature of this issue yeah. remains unclear because documentation yeah. in the 20s and whatever uh but martin indicated that there was some question about the title of the property it seems that the money entrusted to armstrong as a deposit on the sale was gone okay martin kept was trying it- to was it because he had an opioid addiction? <laughs> Martin, $50,000 a week uh, opioid addiction, which is obviously impossible you'd anyway. You'd be dead, sir. Martin kept trying to complete the transaction with Armstrong, but the major repeatedly delayed and it remained uncompleted. Mm. 
After a lengthy back and forth, that's what she said, Armstrong <laughs> eventually invited. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. Thank you. Yes. Armstrong eventually invited Martin over to Mayfield for tea. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Martin showed up to Moselle, I mean Mayfield, <laughs> on October 26th, 1921. I'm not showing up to any sort of plantation. You're not coming to the grove. I'm not coming to the grove. <laughs> I don't want to come to your estate. You don't want to come to Spring Gardens? I do not. <laughs> no. Okay. We can watch Grey Gardens. No, thank you. Okay. Mm-mm. Martin showed up on October 26, 1921, and found a complete spread. Tea, cakes, and buttered scones. <laughs> Lemon cakes, if you please. Thank you. <laughs> Profiteroles. <laughs> Profiteroles. <laughs> Callback. <laughs> Martin hoped they would finally conclude the dispute that day, but the two men merely discussed everyday things, from office organization to how lonely Armstrong was after the passing of his wife. Because men like to talk shit. Yeah. And then you get them together and they're like, I'm a factual like it. How's the weather where you are? Oh, down the street? It's the same as where you are. I thought we were about to fucking do a dust up. Like, what's going on? I got my knuckles. I'm bare knuckle bag in that position. Like, I'm like backwards knuckle boxing and shit. Put them up. Put them to dukes. I just hit the microphone. Put your dukes up, say. You know, be yeah. recording without you hitting the microphone. Yeah. He was getting annoyed, but at no point did he try to bring it up either. It, well, Martin very easily could have been like, all right, so what about this sale? Yeah. But he was waiting for yeah. Armstrong to do it. It was never going to happen. Did he secretly poison his wife to get back at him? Because that would be a real Scooby-Doo. At one point, Armstrong picked up a scone, said, <laughs> quote, excuse fingers, and <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Oops. And, and handed it to Martin, who then who ate he poisoned. It, who ate it? Who, with aluminium or whatever they say out there, right? They probably poisoned him with oleander. It's oh, what's uh, what's in this scone? Uh, it's oleander cream cheese. Enjoy. <laughs> After returning home, Martin became violently no killed. shit. Martin's father-in-law, John Davis, the pharmacist in Hay. <laughs> had made several sales of arsenic <laughs> yeah. to Armstrong, yeah. supposedly to kill dandelions. Okay, guess what? That Mormon dentist that just got arrested for yeah. poisoning his wife with arsenic and cyanide yeah. that he bought on Amazon, I'm yeah. screaming, and had sent <laughs> to his office, yeah. and another person got the package and went, there's what? no medical reason to have this in the office. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Oh, by the way, my boss's wife is in the hospital a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and they fucking dropped a dime. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so This case is relating to like 75 yeah. new cases yeah. since then. It's crazy. Yeah, it's okay. nuts. Ars- the arsenic was supposedly to kill dandelions. No. Despite the no. fact that it was the fall. <laughs> and... There they aren't actually any. counted. There were only twenty dandelions in the garden in of the, the entire, entire town <laughs> in yeah. all of Mayfield. Yeah, Davis was suspicious, and when yeah. Martin told him about being at Armstrong's for tea, Davis was convinced. Well, meanwhile, Doctor Hanks noticed the similarities between Kitty and Martin's symptoms. Hanks, <sighs> Martin, and Davis met to discuss the situation, and Davis warned the Martins against receiving gifts from Armstrong. No, someone is using their common sense for once. Yeah. Very good. A few weeks prior to the invitation to tea, 
a box of chocolates nah. was anonymously sent <laughs> to the Martin house. No, thank you. Mm-mm. One member of the family no. ate a piece and, wouldn't you know it, became violently ill. It's like the Tylenol case, Michael. <laughs> this is like every case. It's like every case. Surprisingly, the family didn't toss the box, and it was available no. after the tea meeting to be inspected. Okay, okay. I was thought you were going to say like, and they, they put it out again. on the table no. for when guests came over. No. Some of the pieces were found to have small holes in yeah, the base. Yeah, no shit. Dr. Hanks contacted the home office and explained his suspicions about what had happened to Martin, later voicing suspicions about Mrs. Armstrong's death as well. Yeah. Samples of the chocolates and Martin's urine were examined and found to contain arsenic. Right. And the Home Office now passed the case over to Scotland Yard. Meanwhile, Armstrong began to bombard Martin with further invitations to tea. Yeah. Come over for tea. We should really hang out. For which... Anytime. (laughs) Night or day. For which Martin found it increasingly difficult to find excuses to avoid. Just go fucking no thank you, you maniac. Stop hitting me up. I've said no now. What is he, every guy on the internet? The fuck? Scotland Yard moved slowly so as not to warn Armstrong of their suspicions. I will just go pick him up. They arrested him on December 31st, 1921, and he was charged with the attempted murder of Oswald Martin. Right. He maintained he was innocent. Sir. When he was arrested... The police found a packet of arsenic in his pocket <laughs> and many more in his house. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dummy. <clears throat> and Mrs. Armstrong's body was then exhumed and examined right. by the home office pathologist Bernard Spilsbury. Bernard. <laughs> her body was riddled with arsenic yeah. even 10 months after yeah, her death. Of course. And on January 19th... He's like systemically poisoning her over time. Like, come on. Uh, On January 19th, 1922, so 20 days later, Armstrong was charged with the willful murder of his wife. Good, good. Quote, I repeat what I said before. I am absolutely innocent. Put him in the gallows. Armstrong's trial started on April 3rd, 1922. Public interest in the case was massive at the time. Yeah. Just one year earlier, a similar trial, also involving a solicitor poisoning his wife (laughs) and hoping it would be disguised as an illness, but that proceeding ended in an acquittal. Oh, so this guy went, "Mm, Mm. aha, I have an idea. Okay. Armstrong standing in the community and the fact that the three men who brought the charges to the police included Armstrong's business rival and father-in-law looked suspicious to some people. No. Some even believed that he was being framed. Okay. Sure. Catherine Armstrong's body was still riddled with arsenic even after being exhumed so many months after her death. The quantity at the time of her death must have been massive. Massive. The defense had to make the jury believe that Mrs. Armstrong had committed suicide by getting out of bed, going downstairs... And just taking eating, the arsenic, just eating arsenic Come without on. anyone seeing or hearing her. No. Or somehow that massive doses of arsenic got into her system by accident. No. All witnesses confirmed that towards the end of her life, 
Mrs. Armstrong was almost paralyzed. Right. So Dr. How, Spilsbury. How, how, so she's walking down. She's like, I got out of bed. I'm walking downstairs. I'm just doing all this. I go back yeah. in bed. Yeah. Half paralyzed, yeah. by the way. It's a miracle. Yeah. It is Easter Sunday, Michael. That's we true. all know that Jesus rose from the dead. So you're going to tell me that Mrs. Armstrong couldn't get out of bed and go uh, downstairs? I mean... The Lord works in the mysterious Lord ways. The Lord works in mysterious ways, Michael. Dr. Spilsbury insisted that the fatal dose must have been taken within 24 hours of her death. Yeah. And Hinks affirmed that for Kitty to have taken it by herself was, quote, absolutely impossible. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Armstrong had a story for the arsenic that was found in his pocket at the time of his arrest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was he doing a good deed and just, I was walking through the neighborhood and I thought if I saw dandelions, I might sprinkle a little bit on top. No, don't you fucking dare. He claimed. No. That, that was, I mean, no, that's ridiculous. I went to the most ridiculous thing I could think of. He claimed that it was his practice to put small portions of arsenic into individual pouches, <laughs> which he squirted <laughs> onto the ground near spots where dandelions tend to grow. Get the fuck out of my face. 100%. No. <laughs> One small pouch was found on his person, yeah. and there was no reasonable explanation no. offered for his carrying it around at the end of December. Right, and also how you <laughs> squirt. Certainly no squirt. weeds growing in England or Wales that time of no. year. Nowhere. It's freezing. When confronted with that question at trial, <laughs> it is said that Armstrong did not come off looking too good when he tried to answer. Why didn't he just say, I forgot it was in there? He lost a bit of the old temper. <clears throat> you know? Uh, because I've been carrying around since spring. Yeah. And I didn't see any dandelions. I guess I must have forgotten. I put this jacket back in the closet and oops, it's like when you find money Major in your Armstrong. in your spring jacket in the winter. Like you take it out again the next year and you go, "What's this fucking 20 in here?" No shit. You know? I would have did that. You probably would have got away with well, it. Well, after the trial, two possible motives emerged for Catherine Armstrong's poisoning. Reason the first. Armstrong had decided he wanted a different more congenial wife. <laughs> yeah. You're too much of a ball buster for yeah. me. Arsenic it is. Second, possibly, Catherine had written a will <clears throat> in 1917. Oh, boy. Leaving the bulk of her estate not to her husband, but to their children. Well, yes. Armstrong produced a new will following his wife's death. Yeah. Giving him control of her With a weird signature estate. that looked nothing like his wife's handwriting. But studies suggest okay. that it was probably for Yeah. <laughs> Okay. For some time before the Valenwide estate affair, <clears throat> Armstrong business had been in financial difficulty. Right. Difficulties in relation to the sale of the Valenwide estate made things even worse for him. However, the evidence against Armstrong, though considerable, was nonetheless circumstantial. Ugh. No one had seen the major administering the poison, and Kitty had occasionally spoken of suicide. Probably from being so in considerable sick. How about she's pain. just so sick all the yes. time? She's like, I wish I would just die rather than go through this go th horrendous right. suffering. Some medicines did contain arsenic, and there were plenty of other people coming into contact with her at Mayfield. The prosecution did fail to show how it was Armstrong and only Armstrong who administered the poison, and it couldn't possibly have been anybody else. So there was that yeah. plausible deniability yeah, that I yeah. was worried about with Murdoch. Don't tell with me Murdoch, that this guy gets off from this right? crime. Because nobody put, put that gun conclusively in Murdoch's hand. Okay, right? but... That's the thing I was worried about the jury getting yeah. hung up on. Luckily, it didn't luckily happen. Luckily, they in, weren't, so... Luckily, it didn't happen in, in that time. 
Uh, as for the Martin poisoning, other than gaining Armstrong a little bit of time, the death of Oswald Martin would not in any way have relieved the Major's business problems. Right. So okay. it wouldn't have fixed anything right. other than to delay the sale by they got a new solicitor involved or something. Armstrong made... But he was also his like main competitor, right? Right. So if he's gone, ugh, that frees me up for more business. Right. Right? Armstrong made no confession and adamantly maintained his total innocence to the end. Oh, he's full of shit. But on April 13th, 1922, at Herefordshire Hall, he was found guilty of the murder of his wife and sentenced to hang. Good. Yeah. Oh, good. Just, mm, just what I said. Good. The Court of Criminal Appeals dismissed his appeal on May 16th, <clears throat> yeah. 1922. Get, 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 get the fuck out of here, sir. And on May 31st, 1922, they did not waste time. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Major Herbert Rouse Armstrong was hanged for his crimes. Good. The hangman claimed that before the trap was opened on the gallows, Armstrong called out, quote, Kitty, I'm coming to ye. No. And it's, <laughs> it's quoted that way with the... Okay, with, Fred Sanford. With multiple what? O's. Elizabeth, I'm coming for you, honey. Like, what is happening? Kitty, I'm coming to you. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Oh, uh, Sanford and Son. Oh, Lamont. Oh, God. I had such a crush on Lamont. Anyway, go. Although this may be apocryphal. You know, probably didn't happen. Uh, the News of the World reported that when asked by the prison governor on the morning of the execution if he had anything to say, Armstrong's last words were, quote... I am innocent of the crime for which I have been condemned to die. No, you're not. You're and, 100% guilty. <laughs> and that was the story of Major Herbert Rouse Armstrong. Well, fuck our bear. <laughs> that poisoning son of a bitch. Also, you poisoned her. Yeah. Can you let... That's a woman's method. That's a that's a it's, woman's modus operandi, Michael. <laughs> that's a woman's MO. This guy's poisoning people. Come well, on. You know... He had it for all the dandelion Stop maintenance it. he was doing. Right it was now. a weapon of opportunity. Stop it right now. <laughs> he squirted powder. Yeah, he I don't know. squirted powder from a plastic pouch. Well, he probably made it into a paste this... with some rain water. <laughs> <laughs> he had like one of those <laughs> Orkin pack yeah. things on his yeah. back and he's just <laughs> like squirting powder on the grass. Oh, or, by the way. Or he had one. We got to do that before these ants come. <laughs> because oh, you know that's going to yeah, happen again yeah. in the spring as soon as it stops being freezing to yes. death or he could have one of those like liquid food yeah oh no like that kid from jury duty no oh should we tell people <sighs> yes we should tell people so it's not true crime but it is hilarious some of our older listeners might remember a show called joe schmo which was kind of like a truman show-esque style reality show where the main character we'll call him joe schmo is real and everyone else on the show is actors. He has no idea that he's like just thrown in with these actors. It is an incredible, like, and when it came out, it was the peak for me of reality TV. Like, I loved it. it. Just, it was I loved incredible. It. I loved it. It was amazing. And now they've revamped it with a little show on Freebie. Shout out to Freebie. Born IMDb TV. Right. Quickly became Freebie. Freebie. Uh, called Jury Duty. Yes. Where? They're they're recording quote fake recording what's supposed to be this judge's last case because he's retiring and one member of the jury is a real person and everyone else on the show are actors and it is hilarious. Just the premise of such an elaborate prank. Yeah. Is 
it's too good it's to pass really up. It's really good. It's really good. Annoyingly, they've only released four of the ten episodes yeah. of the season so far at the time of this recording. Uh, at the time of you listening to this, maybe they'll I think release they'll be some more, hopefully. Think they'll be few, right? Uh, hopefully. But it... Uh, it's really good. We were cracking up. It was actually created by two former um, people in kind of the Greg Daniels sphere from The Office and... and uh, things like that so it's good we were, we were we were lolling yes in real life yes yeah. it was very good it james really james good. marsden is on it as himself. as himself as uh, but like as he got called for jury duty and he doesn't want to be there and yeah. stuff it's it's really good yeah so definitely <clears throat> check that out freebie is free it's on hence yeah it's on hence the name freebie instead every, of tv <laughs> every streaming device that you could possibly right. have smart tv roku right. fire stick it's all there so Check that one out for sure. It's uh, well worth your time. 20 minute episodes. Yeah, they go by really fast too. But it's really funny. Something to watch uh, when you're not watching depressing things. As as someone said to us very recently, (laughs) don't you watch anything happy ever? And I went, yeah, all the true crime stuff that I watch makes me very happy. Um, But she was like, no, I mean like happy subjects. And I was like, oh no. No. No, what? No. God, no. That sounds horrible. Shot in Florida. I love me some shot in Florida, Michael. Kitty, I'm coming to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Michael, if uh, if you're interested in what's going on with us, you could follow us on our socials. That's social, true. Social, 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 social. Follow us on our socials. We're super sexy and really stupendous. <laughs> you know. So you can uh, the old Instagram mm. MAF podcast, podcast show. show, Michael yes. at MAF podcast show. Yep. Just for wondering. On YouTube. And if the Murder Mugs for Murder podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's what I said. Yep. And you said can that. also send us emails for uh, Joanne to not read, to be read uh, to <laughs> Joanne. Um, <laughs> MAF podcast show at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, I love email. Yeah. You love being read email. I do. Yep. I, we, I would love to get like a P.O. box and just have people send us stuff. Yeah. That'd be weird, though. I think, I wonder what the fuck we would get <clears throat> from all over the world. Yeah. I, we should. Worldwide. Should we? <laughs> worldwide. Worldwide. <clears throat> should we get a P.O. box? And just be like, if you guys ever want to send us anything, here's our address. <laughs> we'll talk about it on the show. Let's oh, stick to God. email a little longer. Yeah, let's just do that first for I a while. So. And we'll see. Maybe for our 100th anniversary Ooh. episode, Michael, maybe wow. we'll get a P.O. box. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just get random fucking crazy shit. Probably like people send us bad stuff Evidence. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bloody knife in an envelope. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Hold this for me. Maybe. Yeah. We'll maybe, stick to email. Maybe for we'll a while. just do email. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a bad idea. I didn't think it through. Well, while we mull it over, <laughs> follow us, subscribe, yeah. listen. We appreciate all of that. Smash that like button and subscribe. All right. Okay. We want people to actually like us. No, don't yeah. Do, I know. I, I hate when people do that. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I take it back. So we apologize for that. <laughs> and until next time. I apologize for myself. Yeah. Until, until next, next time. time, Michael. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.